bringing together the brightest minds to help you build a better business model. Welcome to Cannabis Business Minds, presented by LiveAdvisors.com, only on CannabisRadio.com. Here are your hosts, Simone Samalukaradzins and Kristen Yoder. Hey, welcome to Cannabis Business Minds. Today we have a very special lady in the house, Renee Gagnon, uh, spelled G-A-G-N-O-N for people out there if you want to look her up. She's with Hollyweed North, and we are super excited to talk to her about everything she's been working on and the crazy journey she's had from being a middle-aged white man to a trans woman who's dominating the cannabis industry and supporting women like no other. And there's no better person to tell women what it's like in the white male-dominated finance industry than from an ex-white male finance man, you know. Yeah, so these are your hosts, Simone Samalukaradzins and Kristen Yoder, and we are super pumped to have you guys listen to this episode of Cannabis Business Minds. We're really excited to interview you. Oh, yes. I've been watching you on LinkedIn for like Mm. two years, I think, Um, like evolving through the cannabis industry. There was a lot that I couldn't talk about during the um, active days. Um, when I was in the company, um, yeah. because we were publicly traded, what you can and cannot say is mm-hmm. strictly vetted mm-hmm. through her. Oh yeah. And mm-hmm. so Joe was my communications director with Thunderbird, and um, so what I could post and publish on LinkedIn was largely whatever press releasey stuff that we had sort of generated. And yeah. then I was on a one-year non-compete after I left, and then that also had a gag order <laughs> on it. And wow. so for a year I couldn't. I couldn't talk about the the industry. I couldn't talk about the Canadian industry. I couldn't talk about the particular program that is in Canada, the ACMPR. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't talk about my former company. A um, whole bunch of things. Wow. So What did you talk about? Well, <laughs> right? see, that so was... many people talk about their life and business. And if yeah. you're in the cannabis industry, that's all you talk about. So, Well, what was interesting <laughs> was there was, it was there was it wasn't really a coincidence, but I came out well just after we went public. And uh, it was pre-Caitlin. And Caitlin mm. explained what this was. So before that, you were just mm. going crazy. Mm, I bet. And, and, and mm. in a very hyper-masculine financial community and public stocks and everything, yeah. it's not exactly what you'd call gay-friendly. And no. so trans mm-hmm. wasn't even in the lexicon, so yeah. that was like even weirder than gay. Yeah. And they weren't really down with gay. Um, so this was a novelty. So it gave me actually an interesting, weird opportunity to exit the company mm-hmm. and figure out what I really wanted to do now. Because the Canadian program was medical. And uh, w- it was run under what would be the equivalent of the Canadian FDA. Mm-hmm. And oh, okay. so Incredibly strict. Brutal. Yeah, yeah and like so pharmaceutical. Great. It's strictly that. Yeah, yeah. We, have to, we had to use what was called Pharma BMP, which is best manufacturing processes. So exactly the same procedures and routines that Glaxo has to use mm-hmm. to make pills. Yeah. So what it, was, it was largely implemented to keep the hippie folk out. <laughs> Um, yeah. Because if you put in front of the activist and the and the softer crowd um, a list of ridiculous paperwork requirements, ninety nine percent checkout. Yep, oh, and that yeah. was deliberate. And so then they went to, well, we needed a ten year security background check. That isn't the same as a criminal record check. A criminal record check is have you been convicted or not. Mm-hmm. But the security background check was an interesting idea. So if you went to work for the CIA or the NSA, it's the same kind of background check you'd do in you. And they can reject you for just not liking you. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of handy, too, because the government at the time was very what you'd call right-wing. And they were not fond of the activist and the long-haired crowd, particularly from British Columbia. And... Um, so when they implemented the program, they were looking for people that preferably knew nothing about marijuana wow. and mm-hmm. uh, really, really wow. loved uh, this corporate framework. And luckily for me, I could fake loving the corporate side of it enough, um, but I'd also been a defense contractor in a previous life, which required oh, having wow. a brutally clean record. Yeah. Right? 
And so because I hadn't been with the activist groups and I hadn't been part of the original patient program, they didn't have anything mm -hmm. to hold against me. Mm -hmm. And so I slid through, got my license, and we got to create a company called Thunderbird, which we were hoping to position for recreational. So what we were talking about, though, is the whole investment and yeah. how, I mean, that's really interesting in so many parts about silos of information because mm -hmm. I 100% agree with you. But yeah. I think a lot of people don't realize, and if you could, when we start recording, yeah. we can start talking about that a little bit more, is that we realize in the startup culture that to propel a brand and to be bigger yeah. or to figure out... A, what you, how you want to get to somewhere a little bit bigger than you are, you're probably mm -hmm. going to need capital. Absolutely. And, and with specifically this little number that I came up with, and it was only just, it wasn't like, you know, I, I hired economists or anything, but I just had this gut thing that sort of built over a lifetime, was that any investment over a quarter of a million dollars excludes women and minorities. And the reason is a quarter of a million dollars is roughly what a woman can raise from friends and families if they take out second mortgages on houses and stuff. Wow. Right? And that's how most small businesses start. When you look at mainstream America or Main Street Canada, um, you look at most of the small businesses that started, they're started by women. And what's the cost of them? They're usually franchises or small independent businesses or they're home-based businesses mm -hmm. because of the capital requirements. Now, uh, when you look at male culture, if you're working in a corporation, 10 to 1, you know a dude who went to a school who's working in a nice place. Well, you can always go to him and say, dude, I'm raising some money. And he goes, hey, I'd like to be in on this. So now you've got the first dude mm -hmm. with a degree. And that dude with a degree then goes to the other dudes with degrees that he knows. And pretty soon you've got a team. Then yeah. you've got a pitch deck with a whole bunch of nice MBAs on it. And then you go talk to a bunch of MBAs. They want to see themselves reflected in the pitch deck. And that's perhaps the strangest problem because the guys in the room are usually white and male. And <laughs> so if you're female in pitching, automatically you're not part of the club. Mm. Right? That's a very good, good point. Know. That's a you know? very good point. It, yeah. it, it's, it's kind of an interesting thing. And then when you look at just the dollar amount. So if you were to go and say, okay, who do you know that you could go and ask for $5 million? Okay. Well, the weird part is you can talk to most guys over the age of 45 and they could go, well, I know a guy who knows a guy. Mm -hmm. Okay. And also, if you're working in a corporation, you're usually aware of what's going on at the management level. And even if you're like board proximal, you know what goes on. Women are at a disadvantage if they're not exposed to what goes on at the C-level or the board level to be able to go into financing and discuss companies. One of the biggest things that I learned long ago is that venture capitalists want to talk about the company, never the product. And yeah. almost all entrepreneurs love their product yeah. because that's why you're in it, right? Exactly. You believe in it. You're passionate. You, you've given your soul to it. That is the company. But yeah. to the venture capitalist, it's not. That's how you make money. Mm. And so you as an entrepreneur, if you want to raise money, have to separate yourself. And what you're pitching is the company and that by using their money mm -hmm. to make these great products, you will make them money. You're allowed to believe in the product, fine. But they don't want to talk about that. They don't care. It's about the numbers. Well, it, more importantly, it's about the company that produces the numbers. And so that's why you start with team. So put together a really great team around you, and the team can usually compensate for whatever your failings are. Mm -hmm. And I've learned that. I've got many failings, and I can usually paper over with other people. Mm -hmm. And that's really what your job is. So if you're the founder of a cannabis startup, your first job is to put your football team together or your whatever metaphor you want to use. But it's your job to find these people. And if you're uh, usually an entrepreneur, your first big mistake is wanting to do it all yourself. I was just going to say mm. that. Yeah. Mm. No, yes. I mean, I agree. I mean, we, when we started working together, we we're both those were consultants. Yeah. And it took us this aha moment, like, no, we need to be in this. Like, we are a See? team. Like, we've got, I've got your back. You've got my back. Yeah. And, like, yeah. it's like, once you figure that out, it's like yes. this whole stress Absolutely. has been, like, just, like, released. Yeah, yeah. you can't be yeah. competing against each other. Mm -hmm. And when you're, when you're in a beginning startup, part mm -hmm. of the problem is when, when usually teams somewhat come together horizontally and it's sort of dynamic, there always has to be a leader. Mm -hmm. in any organization and it could be in a partnership that you what usually what you get so what what they talk about in silicon valley is the ha the hacker hustler paradigm so the hacker is the person the implementer the doer the, the person who does the the code in mm -hmm. that respect and then there's the hustler and they're the deal maker they're the ones out you know knocking down doors and doing the other bit and they're usually incompatible 
Um, <laughs> like they can't do each other's job yep. very well, but they're really good at one. So this person's a salesperson. They're willing to go out and call on IBM or wherever it is and, and knock down the door, but then they have to turn to someone else and say, okay, do it. Yeah. But this person, if left alone, couldn't feed themselves. But they're perfectly capable and brilliant. And so that's what, if you really want to try and make any success in cannabis and, and raise patient capital or for or, or what you you know the the mainstream capital first you got to prove your your corporate reason for existing what's your business value mm-hmm. and then again that's not even talking about products mm-hmm. um, and the big mistake is when your your pitch deck leads with a product you're, you're dead mm-hmm. because your product can always be copied duplicated ripped off or made cheaper by someone else so you can't lead with that because you can argue it for an hour you just check right out of their their conversation yeah. What they want to hear is how your company with your team and these products will achieve success. And this is what you'll do to keep it going. Mm-hmm. But most people start with this great product and why this product is so cool and how no one else has this product. Well, the true entrepreneur. That's yeah. such yeah. a good point. That's something that we run into all the time mm-hmm. is... I've got such a great product. Like, I don't need a business plan. Yes. It's like, are oh. you insane? Like, no mission, oh, no values, no nothing, goals. No, no. no projections, no, yeah, no. like value propositions, yeah. nothing. And, and, and see, the thing is, is like most people have heard the term, well, it's all a waste of time. And unfortunately, that's true if you are a person who's slung 15 corporations out, raised a shit pile of money. You can say, quote, it's a waste of time because typically they're only looked at cursory. It doesn't really, you know, da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. But they're not saying don't do it. And they're not saying that it requires a, an investment in doing it. They're saying metaphorically in a big philosophical sense, it doesn't actually, once you're ignited, it will seem like it was not really that big of a deal. The problem is none of that footnote is ever put into the it doesn't matter part. And that's kind of the, the shorthand you learn in boy culture that never gets written down and shared. It's passed mouth to mouth, mentor to mentor. And so part of what I like doing is, is sharing these little secrets. Yes. And Disrupt. So it's it's disruptive and yes. it's also it's How community. sad is that it's disruptive? Because we're women. Like yeah. what? Yeah. yeah. Well those one of the funniest things that I sort of discovered with, with, with this whole silo thing was that I, I believe that what it came down to was that because the, the males have typically been forced into this combative, protector, soldier, warrior role, mm-hmm. um, they've developed their own coping mechanisms for structure. And then when they went off to war, everything was left to the women to manage. So getting by, coping, interacting was a survival mm-hmm. skill, and it develops this cultural requirement to check in, make sure everybody's on the same page. And if somebody stands out and brings their herd down, gone. Right? There's more of this. Whereas in male culture, I'm the biggest pros. I killed my best friend from university. I destroyed these people's lives. I work 90 hours a week. I don't even know who my family are. I'm a success. Yeah. What? Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, it really It's insane. It's literally insane. But the problem is there's all this, these toys and trinkets and Ferraris and, and third wives and stuff that get dangled that supposedly make it better. But they're not. It's power. Yeah. But it's an illusion it's of power. power. Absolutely. Because mm-hmm. you become a slave to your exactly. issues. Oh, absolutely. It's yeah. It's like no matter who you were before you had money, that's who you'll be times 10 after you have oh, money. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. And this is kind of where I was hoping that with women, when I meet them, is that you'll come across some women where they say, I want to be a Fortune 500 CEO. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take over the world. But it's not that common. And if you dug a little further, I think it would be also that's what I'm expected to do because I have my MBA. Well, so this is so funny. This is actually what just happened with us. So Mm. we just finalized our business plan. And one of the most important things is your goals. And we're like... What do we really want? Like, because yeah. I worked in finance and corporations yeah. and international. I work with yeah. investors all the time. I was yeah. like, we need to be a twenty-five million dollar company. Yeah. And we're like, well, wait, wait what second. do we really need and Why? want? See, yes, yeah, and, when, and then what are you willing to do for it? Exactly. Because see, in the typical culture, the the response is anything. Dot dot dot. Yeah. And that's your soul. It's your family. It's everything else. 
And so one of the things that I did when I rebooted my company idea, and because now that I'm out, and I literally get to throw down against my old male corporate culture for good reason, I decided I wanted to implement some weird shit that it shouldn't necessary. So I I, I made a Facebook post a little while back, and I I randomly number them to imply that I have a giant list. So it's like Renee's shit she shouldn't have to say out loud, but has to. (laughs) And it was... Um, company policy number 560 and it was at no point working in this company will you ever have to have sex with anybody else in this company and I said I'm sorry we actually have to say this out loud Yeah. and women when I say this are like fuck why, why do I have to say that out loud <laughs> yeah. why why mm-hmm. is that a revolutionary statement to make yeah. but I thought no let's be revolutionary because this is a revolutionary industry why would we keep the old bad ways in a brand new industry and if women have access to being able to produce cannabis, they'll able to have money. Yeah. And if they have money, they have independence. Exactly. And that means that women's values, ideas, and structures can then become cemented and supported because they're not dependent on man money. Yeah. And this is the problem. If you watch like Dragon's Den or Shark Tank, you see the see, see everything I'm talking about in a, a television episode. You see these two young women come out that have their MBAs or in university. They borrowed money. They've got sales. They have their business plan. They're prudent. They're doing this. But it's involving soft subjects like children or mm-hmm. education or something about caring or loving or humanity or the planet or something like that. And the sharks just rip them a new part. <laughs> And then out walk these two guys from Wisconsin who built this thing in their garage out of two-by-fours and coolers, expecting to get a million-dollar check that day because they're such geniuses. And that level of confidence, though, is the difference. These women were prudent, cautious, and patient, planned, executed, were viewed as timid. You're not being aggressive enough. You don't have, uh, you know, uh, how do I know that you're actually going to be able to go after this market? You do not seem to be that. And it's this whole paradigm of the old firm, handshake, square jaw CEO bullshit. Like, okay, so before we speak, because we're both like, oh my God, we totally, we totally (laughs) have a story for that. But we're going to take a quick break. Yes. And we'll be back with our story in just a second. Yeah. Time for us to do some sponsor business. More Cannabis Business Minds when we return. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. Are you disturbed by the prescription medication commercials on television and their endless list of side effects? They go on and on and you end up having to take multiple pills to counteract the problems caused by the first pill. It never ends. Have you looked into CBD as a more natural option? At Saturn Ranch, we produce all-natural CBD topicals and THC-infused edibles. Premium lab-tested hemp-derived CBD is the most important ingredient in our products. From topical bombs, salt scrubs, bath-soaking salts to tinctures and edibles, you're sure to find something to help. Family-owned and operated, we at Saturn Ranch believe in and use our products daily. Don't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in your body. SaturnRanch.com The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber Vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber Vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be. The Vuber way. Great minds think alike because they listen to Cannabis Business Minds. Presented by LiveAdvisors.com, only on CannabisRadio.com. Okay, so back from the break. And our big story, we're going to talk about the guy in San Diego, right? Okay, so we've been management consulting, and it's been very difficult to get people to want to pay for our information or our work. Everyone wants it for free. Yeah, Mm -hmm. 
And so we're talking to this one guy, and he's got this big idea, open up Mexico, blah, 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 all mm. these things. And he wants to really show us, like, talk to us face-to-face and tell us about his thing. And we've given him a proposal, like, uh, yes. a, a discovery workshop proposal about mm-hmm. 10K. And yeah, he's yeah. like, yeah, that's my entire budget. I'd love for you guys to... And we're like, okay, this is just a workshop. Yeah. So that originally, like, kind yeah. of like 2020. Yeah. But just to paint the picture a little bit more. Yeah. And so we're, he's like, oh, let me take you guys. Like, I would like to show you what I'm all about and, like, meet the team and all this stuff. So then we get to San Diego. Yeah, so we go to San Diego, and this guy, he takes us on this double-decker bus thing to smoke a joint to, like, you know, and then out for margaritas or whatever. And the bus was, like, really dirty. And it was, like, (laughs) leaking air conditioner fluid, kind of, or, like, condensation behind her head. And, dude, he literally drove us, like... Five ten minutes down the street, and then we parked outside of a Mexican restaurant to smoke the joint. And then we go in, and we're talking for like two hours, mind you. This happened. We told him if we're coming down there, like you have to pay pay for for our accommodations and and everything. Like we don't do this for free. So then we didn't stop at the hotel first. We just went and met him first, and then after we were with him for like what four hours, Mm -hmm. go to the hotel. We go to oh. Yes. Not even that. Talk about in the boardroom after when we're talking about the timeline. Oh, so I mean, to open up a country is pretty fucking hard. Mexico, oh, yeah. like yeah. Mexico, yeah. and so like I've you know Nation I present state like is narcos. A long That's like yes, drugs this is like a whole other yeah. podcast, yeah. right? Yeah. And so we're like we work on MVP. We yeah. try to get the fastest solution for yeah. what you're trying to solve, and if that works, we'll move forward, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And he's like, well, I'm going to need this in two weeks, and <laughs> I'm going to only and then taking the, originally down the price and all this stuff, and we're just like, okay, listening, not saying anything. Mm-hmm. Get to the hotel, because I really just want to get your feedback on this and what we could have done better, right? Get to the hotel, realize the hotel we have to pay for. He didn't pay for the hotel. No, we got a $20 discount from his company, (laughs) the hotel. And we're just like... And then, Dude, <laughs> like, this was so good, though, because we had decided already that we right. were, like, over-consulting. It's yeah. not, why work for yourself when you're, you're helping miserable. everybody's dreams it's and like, you're not It's like, what is our own. passion? What are yeah. our long-term goals? They yes. don't align. So, no. anyways, we're It was there. perfect. Yeah. In, like, the silver lining, it was oh, perfect. Yeah. yeah, it was yeah. the straw. But the, oh, my God, I yeah. can't believe this. And yeah. people look to, up to us as strong businesswomen, yeah, and yeah. we just faced this. Yeah, and we yeah, were yeah. like, we need to it's, send him an invoice. Yeah, yeah, like, this yeah, is yeah. insane. And then we were like, what if we were men? That's, that's what Kristen said, well, so and that's where we well, get back to it. The weird thing is, is that the, the lovely gift of a Y chromosome is a built-in sense of entitlement that girls just really don't understand. Um, it activated with testosterone mm-hmm. at the age of twelve, and it's just it's in the bone. Um, you, those guys that come out on Dragon's Den with their horrible ideas, mm-hmm. you see it. That's the confidence. And it's the confidence that allowed that fellow to contact you with the bag of nothing. Right? And sit there sucking our brains right. for Whereas four you're, hours. So the problem mm-hmm. is, you, you ladies thought, well, nobody would do that to us uh, because that would be really dumb. And why would, why would that That'd happen? That'd be insane. Yeah. yeah. And rude. But again, yep. you're not looking from his point of view, which is, eh, it's worth a shot. <laughs> okay, so imagine mm-hmm. that, that four-foot-tall bald guy with one tooth that's 400 pounds, looks like a bowling ball in pants. He's still going to look at a supermodel and go, hey, babe. That's what I always that's tell her. That's the confidence. Yep. That's that's the Y chromosome talking. And, and it, it totally does not have any relationship to what they see in the mirror, what their life is. They could be trailer trash, you know, Billy Bob, you know, with his gun rack. He still thinks he's entitled to rule planet Earth. I've always wondered why. Yeah, that's that it. It's, it's a drug. Yeah. It's a really good drug. Testosterone is one of the best confidence drugs in the world. Yeah. And one of the things I've discovered on HRT going the other direction is how much I need to check in all the time to make sure that we're doing the right thing. Oh, and wow. in male culture, that's seen as weakness. Yeah. But it's not. It's actually uh, everything is so dangerous and balanced, we don't want to F it up. Right? Yeah. Are we all on the same page? Are we all, yeah. are we all good? Yeah. Are you good? Are yeah. you good? Or how are you feeling? Are you okay? Are we prepared? And it's checking in. Yeah. yeah, and it's always checking in and making sure. And with guys, it's like, I fucking told you a month ago I'm feeling okay. Would you shut up about it? Yeah. <laughs> but there's so much stuff has happened in the past month. 
no, not to motivate my mood. Not in my eyes. Yeah, no. Yeah. And so that's the different thing. And so in, in approaching the business side, what I wanted to also say is, look, what we're doing as a company, Hollyweed, we're going to say family first, family always, um, and that you don't have to apologize for having or wanting children or aging parents. That was the first line in our thing. Why? Because every time that it doesn't matter what we do as a cannabis company or any other company, um, if we're dealing with a large enough thing, dealing with processing hygiene or whatever, it'll be 80 percent female. Just the way it works yeah. out. And so if I've got an 80 percent female company, shouldn't I actually make the company about them? Yeah, I should. And that also means that if I'm asking you to give up 40 hours of your week, that's 40 hours you could be with your family. So I need to do something for your family. I need to support your family as part of you. And so when we refer to what we do, we currently support 12 families with our corporation. Um, it also makes it very hard to terminate per people because you're terminating a family. Mm -hmm. Ooh, yeah. what a desperate concept. But we also look at what do we want our benefits to be? Well, we need to look at age care, you know, because who's going to be stuck with looking after their aging parents of both sides? Usually it's the woman. And so if I want to hire powerful women executives who have little kids, we also have to acknowledge the fact that sometimes they get sick mm -hmm. and it's not her fault yeah. and that she shouldn't have to eat her guts out and not come to work and feel horrible about it or, or uh, you know, also have to look at her kids and say, no, I have to go to work even though you're feeling horrible and all these other things because it's, it's unfair and it's an extra tax on our female staff. Mm. Yeah. And so if I have this opportunity to recreate culture, why not do it? And it's all for good business reasons. If I you're mean, coming to work, disengagement is so costly. Yeah, it's so, turnover, yeah, exactly. absenteeism, illness. Yep. You know, if you look at all these things that people game, it's always because their work is crushing them. It's killing them. And they're trying to escape and, and grab a little piece for them. And so I figure, why not build it into the culture right at the beginning? Because I would rather have you for 30 years of your hard, productive life and have you check in, check out based on your family needs. You want to go and have kids? Fine. Great. Come on back. Yeah, you know, if yeah. we're still here, come on back. We want you. Yeah. And it's not about you having to leave. It's just you're hitting pause. Yeah. You know, and then you're coming back and hitting play again. And that loyalty pays oh, the dividend. Utterly, Completely. Utterly. It's, and it's so funny that you bring that up because we pivoted from management consulting to now working on employee engagement and See? doing yeah. management exactly. training, leadership See? training. Important. Like, yeah, if you're going to promote people based on tenure to management, give them the tools to succeed. You have That's to. not yeah. something that everyone knows, especially when you have to start managing your peers. especially. But well it's, done. Yeah, yeah, people always forget that yeah. a company is the people in it. Well, yes. this is it. And what what was sort of this, so we've, we've, do we touch on team again? Yeah. And uh, I think that one of the best things that, that women in the cannabis space can do is really focus on alpha teams. Um, just because that person was your, your high school friend doesn't mean your corporation will be good. Mm -hmm. okay, okay, you yeah. need to be as brutal about team as men are, which is ruthless and self-interested. If you're the founder of your company, this mm -hmm. is about you building your team that supports you. This isn't about putting people together for their benefit. You're mm -hmm. not, you didn't build your company for them point. to yeah. operate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You hired them to help you operate yeah. your company. So the way that I described it when I brought on several of my staff was is that I built the Stradivarius. I'm hiring you to play it, mm -hmm. but it's my tune. Mm, I, I like that. that. But you know what? I mean, people need to hear you say this because I'm listening like you're talking. I feel like you're talking just directly yeah. to me no. because as a woman having two companies, every right. everybody that I bring on, I always want to make sure that they're having a good time, yes. and which is true. It's important. Yeah. It supports the mission. Yes. But what you said, I'm like, God, I need to remember that. And so by telling somebody that, how can somebody learn that? Like, what is it? Like, you're teaching well, this women. Is how. This, right? this is how. So Women Grow gave me the opportunity the first time to walk out on stage in mm -hmm. Denver and tell 1,400 women that I had taken my company, I had uh, financed it, taken mm -hmm. it public, exited, transitioned, and that if I could fucking do that, all you straight white women in the <laughs> audience, 
you're good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just that point. message is yeah. that a lot of the women came up to me afterwards yeah. and were like, I really didn't know if I had a place in this industry, wow. but I'm going to go nuts. And then when we went back this past February, they were giving me updates about all their businesses that they'd done. <laughs> and then the number of women that had gotten together afterwards and formed new companies and new ventures. Yeah. It was so exhilarating. And that's how I got the message out. Because yeah. I wanted to be able to give some stuff. So in the first talk, what I gave was I gave basically sort of my weird little Yoda things, which is paperwork rules everything in legal cannabis. Now, you guys are still far away from legal cannabis, but it's catching mm -hmm. up in, in California. Mm -hmm. And the first shock was when they dropped the initial regulations, everyone crapped their pants. Why? <laughs> because, well, these are what I was trying to warn everybody about for the year beforehand, and everyone said I was nuts. Yes, I saw your warning. Yeah, and the warnings <laughs> yeah. were all about the fact that as you get more legitimate, there's a liability specter that creeps in. And so the government doesn't want to allow something to happen unless they manage their liability. So they manage liability by writing regulation. Yeah. And then they mm -hmm. use standards to cover their ass because they didn't have to invent the standards. So they grab a standard like BMP, best manufacturing processes, and say, thou must use it. They don't care what it costs or how hard it is to implement. All they know is that's a standard job done. Yeah. Um, but your job is to implement it. And so one of the things that I'd done is I designed up a theoretical dispensary based on what the Canadian model was. If it was federal, high security, how would you have to have a store? Mm -hmm. And we don't have that yet in Canada, and we probably won't for at least a year, and we won't have it in all provinces initially because it's very patchwork, and they're letting it decide whether it's going to be a government store, a liquor store, or however they distribute it, or if it's going to be just mail order. Uh, at first, we don't know, but I know in the States, you already got retail. Yeah. And it ain't going away because you're American. And the thought of having this central supply system's way too communisty for you, and you'd never tolerate it. And so you've already got retail. Mm -hmm. And you go to Washington State, which to me is right now at the apex of U.S. cannabis productization. Colorado was the first, but it kind of has fallen because it's got the bifurcated exact product on this side be medical, exact same product on this side be rec. Let's have a silly bugger game of tax avoidance in the middle, yeah, right? right? Yeah. And so that's causing their government a lot of problems about it, but it's jeopardizing medical for patients, right, who can't afford this as a, as a lifestyle. Yep. Washington State collapsed its medical program Not because good. it was too much problem, so now all weed is rec only. And you walk into these dispensaries, and, and this was my first sign that I was, I was talking about supply chain issues two years ago, and that it's an inevitability of a mature uh, industry, any industry, right? Yeah, exactly. But folks in cannabis, for some reason, believe that cannabis is this unique plant that only oh, exists in a special space-time bubble that only certain laws of physics and commerce apply to. And it don't. It lives in the world with the rest of us all, and it's got to pay its bills just like we do. And if you're not looking at dollars per square foot, regardless of what you do, you're stupid. Mm -hmm. uh, and you're not just like uneducated. I just mean you're stupid. Mm -hmm. Because if I asked you to open up an ice cream stand and you had five little containers in the front and 8,000 square feet, you would know you're, you're stupid. Yeah. You would know it. You would look and say, I'm stupid. Yeah. But for some reason, people build these giant dispensaries with these weird little shelves along the sides. And they call it, look, it's open and airy. <gasps> no, that's $8,000 a month in rent. Yeah. Wow. And then in, in the United States, 280E, right? Yes. So you can't even deduct all your selling general oh, exactly. Yeah, so you shouldn't be living the high life just yet. Uh, and so when I released yeah. the plans, so I leaked them on LinkedIn. And the oh, reason was I thought, what the hell? So I put them up, and originally it was just the architect floor plan, and then I thought, no, 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 they need to see the other stuff because they don't know how to put the cameras up. So I put put the camera list up, the alarm zones, where you put the vault and everything else like that, which I know would bone like 20,000 consultants in California yes. that were hoping to make a shit pile of money yeah. off it. But I'm interested in the women doing the job. I don't want to make consultants money on this thing. So here, women have a blueprint. Now, if you take the blueprints and the other things, you should be able to jury-rig your existing dispensary to be half-ass in alignment. Yay! Yeah. Good news. Yeah. Now, for the ones that are building from scratch, and I've heard there's three dispensaries going in in Nevada using the design because it helped them leap ahead. Cool. And I, that's kind of what I wanted. And that's why I wrote Steal These Plans on the plans when I posted them. <laughs> then I paid this lovely, I've got this group of women um, 3D uh, designers in India that I use. 
and they're just absolutely brilliant. So I said, here's the floor plan. Can you actually render it up? Because I want to give that away too so that people can see what it looks like. And they're like, okay. And But this is what I wanted. So now with this one package, you can see here's the security desk. Here's the, the area of retail. Here's the behind retail secure area. Here's the layers that you have to go through to get into the vault. And these are all fundamentals that if you've been in my industry, um, so out of the 40 companies or so, there's only a couple of us that did our own work. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I needed to do it myself because I wanted to understand it. And I was also broke. I was in the same position that the women are coming into this. So when I got my license, we had spent 35,000 hard cash. That's it. But I've sat on the other side of tables from Mm -hmm. very shiny shoed people in lovely suits bragging to me that they'd spent $9 million to date and hadn't gotten their license. And that's consistent. Yes. It's voice. And it's hilarious because it's like, who would be bragging? Hey, I just lost. Boys. Yeah. Yeah. Boys. Boys boys are rewarded for the spending, right? How much did you spend on your car? How much did you spend on your house? How about your second wife? You know, it's a list of bragging. Yeah. And, And that's why women on Dragon's Den lose. They come in and talk about how prudent and careful and thrifty they've been. Mm hmm. Oh, that's not what the boys with the bucks want to hear. Oh, my goodness. What they want to hear is you've got the secret to the universe. Only you have it, and you're going to dominate everything and eat everyone's babies and spit out gold nuggets. (laughs) And that's what they want to hear. Yeah. And you have to give them that. That's one of the check marks. So learn to give them that. And if you can't give them that, don't ask for money from those people. There's other ways to find money no, we, for what yeah. you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Scale your dream to your abilities. Yes. You know, and if you don't have the ability to raise money, don't be out there trying to knock on doors to do it then. You're just going to look stupid. Come back in a couple of years. Make your first project to meet people who can help you. Yeah. And take time. Go find a local tech startup uh, incubator somewhere. Join up. Don't say you're doing cannabis. Come up with some stupid idiotic app that's bullshit. But learn everything they can teach you about a pitch deck, being able to pitch. Uh, go to a boot camp. Uh, yeah. Drill it into your skull, the fundamentals, while knowing that isn't what you're going to do with it. Exactly. Okay? Yes. But you need the weapons. Though you're getting You taught, need basic right? training. Yes. You need basic, basic training. training. Yes. Yeah. And then you can go out and fight a guerrilla war. Yes. yes. You need to have the basics. You need how to shoot a gun and crawl through mud. There's all things, but you need Call to learn that. those from other people. So go to these lovely boy day camps yeah. and spend some bucks and learn how to write a business plan on the on the spot. And then once you can write a business plan or a quick executive summary on the spot, mm-hmm. when you finally sit down and realize what you want to be when you grow up, it'll be effortless. You'll knock it out and you'll go, oh my God, I don't have the right people. I need somebody who can do this, somebody who can do this. And now you'll go and you'll meet those people and you'll say, here's my company. Here's what we're doing. I have a role for you. And they'll mm-hmm. go, oh my God, I want to be part of your company. How are you going to lure them on with your product? Exactly. And yeah. so this is where we circle back. Build your company first. Your company makes products. People won't join you because of your products. They'll only join a company because that's what pays them. Yeah. Yes. So build your team. So, build okay, your company. So with that pearls of wisdom that will make you millions of dollars and now you don't need a business consultant everyone who's listening we're you gonna need a coach or an advisor exactly and also we're gonna take a break and then we're gonna get back and we're gonna just do a quick few questions and sure. ask you a little bit about what you've been doing sure yeah all right time for us to do some sponsor business more cannabis business minds when we return This is Bobby Black, host of Blazin, here to talk to you about 420 Science. I've known Matt and Gary from 420 Science for over a decade. We've spent a lot of time together at the Cannabis Cups in Amsterdam, the Doobie Awards in their hometown of Austin. They were even at my wedding. And I've always admired their integrity and how they've built 420 Science from the ground up to become the most trusted online head shop. Visit 420science.com slash podcast for an exclusive deal on pipes and more from genuine people who put their customers first. That's 420science.com slash podcast. The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network, founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. Industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com. Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. 
Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter. Plus, look for our Facebook and Google Plus pages for all of our original programs and connect with Dr. Dina, Kyle Cushman, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, Nurse Heather, Doc Rob, the host of Gondrepreneur, and more. Connect with the growing Cannabis Radio social crusade at Canna Radio on Twitter or search for Cannabis Radio on Facebook, Google Plus, and Instagram and grow with us. Great minds think alike because they listen to Cannabis Business Minds. Presented by LiveAdvisors.com, only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, so we're back with Cannabis Business Minds, and we're interviewing Renee. Renee, will you tell us just a little bit about, like, you've told us your evolution. You're clearly so wise, and, you know, you talked about your companies, and I know that you are on LinkedIn. I think it was like a, I don't know if it was a startup junkie, but you've helped so many startups I, 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 I had 13 of my own smoking tech craters over my career, and I had two exits. And I learned from the 13 um, what not to do, and I learned from the two what to do more of, right? And so this time around, I got to sort of have a complete whiteboard. And the first thing I wanted to do was put a team together that I could call a supergroup. Mm-hmm. And this industry has never had a supergroup because it's not that old yet. But I thought... There's always a first one, so why not be the first one? So I went headhunting, and I got to bring Jill back in. Um, she had gone out and, and created all sorts of uh, social media relationships throughout the industry and consulted for a whole range of other LPs and, and other people, and I knew I needed her back in to manage our corporate stuff. So Jill's responsible for when Hollyweed says something to the world, it passes through her first because nice. we're a corporation. And A, I can't be sure that everybody in the company knows what's the right thing to say. She does because she writes what we're allowed to say. Yeah. And that's the first thing. Get your talking points. So find somebody that can handle your communications. And then I had to bring in an operator because I'm the CEO. I'm supposed to be out there in space finding the next opportunity. I'm the hustler. Mm-hmm. And that's my role. But I need a hacker, somebody that's going to operate and do that. And then I brought in Richard. And Richard was a startup person also, multiple companies, patents with Google, that kind of stuff. So tech. And he had never been in cannabis, Mm -hmm. but he understands what it means. And also family members of his have used cannabis and benefited. So he's one of those people where their business, they buy in, they agree. They're not users, but they're willing to be there. And we need that too. Why? Because I'm going to be pitching money eventually, right? Mm -hmm. So in the beginning, I need to start putting together this team. I then got to recruit a lady named Leslie who lives here in Los Angeles. She was a former VP of Disney Records and then a couple other music companies after that and whatnot. But I needed someone that had experience working with A-list folks Mm -hmm. and familiar with the entertainment industry because what Hollyweed's about is that to stars, we're risk management. We will help you get your brand produced wherever it's legal to be produced, however we define that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we manage the risk so that we know that the end, the only thing they can say is that's not legal under this blah, blah, blah. But it's not about your label packaging or anything else. I see. And then on the other side, what we want to do is go to women makers and say, that's a great story you have. Can we publish it for you? And then what we're giving is economy of scale on demand. Because that's the one thing that women were wasting their time doing was trying to raise capital for a machine Mm -hmm. or a way of making their product, but doing it themselves because they couldn't get it done anywhere else. And so they're spending their time building up uh, things which uh, suck their capital away instead of it being in marketing and sales activities of their product which derive their income. Buying new equipment doesn't help you. It's long-term. So if we go and put in a a facility, let's say, in Northern California, then people bring their product in, we can give it back to them in the carton and the bottle with their label on it. Perfect. Contract manufacturing is desperately needed in this industry. With compliance, right? With the compliance, yeah, and that's where our background is, is that we're a federally compliant organization. That's what our expertise is. That's what we did. But what we want to do is bring it as a service to folks here who otherwise would be stampeded under the shiny shoe guys who can buy that down the road for themselves. 
And mm-hmm. so this is sort of accelerating the curve. And our focus is women and minorities and being able to ensure that the people that have brought this industry to life and brought the products to the market continue to do so. Mm-hmm. But without having to suddenly figure out how to raise $10 million for plant and equipment that only they will use. Yeah. You know, and then all of a sudden, what's your cost per bottle at that point? A million dollars a bottle. Yeah. And that's kind of hard to make money back. So if we can say to a lady, look, you want to make a thousand bottles of your hand lotion, your medicated cream, you can make that in your bathtub. Yes. And it'll take you a week and you're going to annoy all your friends filling it all and asking them to help on you know, the parties, which is what our industry does. Right. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets together and does it. Yeah. But that isn't how big companies got to be big companies. You know, they find ways of finding someone else to do this part and someone else to do this part and someone else to do this part. And this is what I'd like to go back to women and, uh, and be able to offer is say, you're good at your business. We're here to support your business. And in return, what do we get? We get a partner mm-hmm. that we can rely on. And mm-hmm. then yeah. we can introduce to Celebrity X. And now we've got a brand that we can attach to a product a that they cycle. can rely on. Exactly, yeah. 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 And this is, this is kind of what we were trying to sort of bring out. And our launch party last night was our way of doing that. We didn't do it in Canada. Mm-hmm. We did it in smack dab in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And it was an, an open party because we wanted to have a conversation with the entertainment industry mm-hmm. and their people about our risk management services. So one of the best ways to do it was to not have people inside it that weren't part of this yeah. industry. Mm-hmm. And we had great conversations last night and we're able to sort of roll out what we wanted to do. And it was incredibly well received. And it's the right time for this. And so this way we can help be able to say, okay, look, you know, you're you're a collective in Northern California and you're producing X. Great. We'd love to contract you to keep producing X, but for us, and we'll fix the price at this. So now you don't have to worry about this, you know, dropping and rising based on the popularity of Gorilla Glue this week, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or who Tangy? I'm growing Tangy yeah. now, right? Yeah. And, and this is one of the cyclical things. We want to be able to say, contract this with us. We'll grow this. And together, guess what? We're going to sell it. And then yeah. you get paid. We get paid. Yeah. Uh, the dispensary knows that, guess what? Someone's actually humping their product and driving <laughs> the customer into yeah. the dispensary yeah. to buy it. Yeah. You know, because that's how it has to work. We've all come from other industries where this stuff was normal. Mm-hmm. But in cannabis, it's literally like you're inventing stuff from the scratch. And I'm like, stop, 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 exactly. stop, stop. There's other stuff on the shelf. Let's yep. go to the shelf. Yes. Let's go to the shelf and buy Something it. Something we say all the time. We don't right? get it. It's You're like... not reinventing the wheel. No. It's a plan. No. Selling pot to like... people is the third oldest profession in the world. <laughs> okay. Prostitution and selling water to people in a desert were the other two. Yeah. Mm. So it's okay. the number two. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They, they always said it was teaching, but I always thought that was unfair to teachers. They don't get paid that much. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Really yeah. bad water. prostitutes yeah. if that's the case. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But water in a desert, that made yeah. more sense because there's always been deserts. Yes. And as long as there's a need for something that isn't over there, there's someone to arise. So our whole industry is about satisfying need. And if, if, if legislators were really true capitalists, loyal to Adam Smith, they would actually realize that they're interfering with capitalism. They're mm-hmm. interfering with consumer choice. They're interfering with the market having its own ability to decide what adults are able to do. Mm-hmm. And so I find that very actually socialist and very uncapitalist, uh, actually, if you mm-hmm. want to turn it around. And, and to sort of end it on a note, I came up with a new metaphor that I want women to start slinging when they're coming up against opposition and safety issues about their product. If you had set up a company that made baby cribs, mm-hmm. okay, best baby cribs in the world, and you sold 100,000 of those a year, statistically, you will kill some babies. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Guess yeah. what? Our products never killed a baby. Yes. We're safer than baby cribs. Huh? <laughs> and why do we Absolutely. still have to why remind still... people of this? Right. So let's go Let's go graphic. Yeah. Let's yeah. talk about it. Viox killed 100,000 people's grandparents. Wow. Marijuana's never killed a grandparent. Yeah. Woohoo! Let's talk like this. Yeah. We're trying to seek permission. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I'm trans. I understand. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's existence the point. Is, is already a thing. I'm not negotiating existence. Yeah. I'm letting you know what my rights are. 
Amen that's the that. difference. Yeah, it's right? yes. Oh my God, thank you so much yes. for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. This has been an absolute pleasure. Yes, yes. you'll have to come to our women's empowerment event that we're yes. doing. When is we it? We would love July you to be a leader 22nd. if you want. Yeah. Um, downtown. Downtown LA. <gasps> Yeah. Ooh. Are you guys going to be here? We well, would no, love... No, I can plan stuff out like this. Yeah, That's one of the luxuries now. Yes. Yes, we would, would love, love to. for oh, you to, to speak be... and oh, be a I'd, leader. I'd be honored. Oh, my God, that'd be awesome. I would be... Like, everything I mean... that we've talked about today is literally exactly where we're at as far as women's empowerment, as far as yes. going through our I say, business I say, plan. I'm saying nothing new. I'm, I'm just... Yeah. What, what I find is really interesting is for, for 48 years, I, I listened as a as a outwardly male mm-hmm. um, not being part of that culture. And I was listening to the other side of the women talking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what they didn't know was that I was one of them. And so um, when, I, when, I, when I was able to, to, to be able to articulate what I'm saying... I'm just saying what I've heard from women for a very long time. I'm not inventing anything new, but because of my unique position and where I was able to come from, I'm able to actually say it. And and women are like, yeah, that's exactly what I mean. And other men are like, oh, shit. (laughs) The Y chromosome said something and we feel this overpowering need to listen to it. And that's all. So that's, that's what I see myself as. Well, thank you, though, because it's crazy. Like, when people are coming up to us and saying that they're feeling, you know, that they don't have a voice. And then marginalized. Asked, marginalized. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, they look to us and we're like, oh, we feel good. And then we're like, we need somebody. It's like, everybody needs somebody. Everybody and needs like, a mentor. You are I, such I, a have mentors. Exactly. I have mentors. Yeah. It is the first thing I seek whenever I begin a new project is I seek mentors. You you better have people smarter than you around yes. you or you're really a shitty boss. Yeah. Yes. Okay, yes, Enron had a room full of brilliant MBAs. MBAs, yeah. brilliant male MBAs, yeah. flaming dumpster wreck. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. So. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. That's, oh man. I mean, it's totally not funny, but to use Enron to stand for like what happens when a bunch of yeah, like it is to me the perfect distillation of testosterone in a box wrapped exactly. with an MBA. Exactly. I never thought of it. And everybody doubled down on it. It couldn't fail. Why? We've got eighteen Wharton MBAs, yeah. thirteen Yale yeah. graduates. Yeah. We've got the former chairman of this, that, and the other thing. Look, yeah. it's an entire box of testosterone. It should be radiating pulses of light for God's sake. Well, sense. it also goes to show how important your team is to Hugely. getting investment. It's like. Who's on the team? Who it's are we huge. actually investing in? Because that's where the ROI but, is. But here's come from. here's what you can do though: is that you could have a team where you deliberately chose to build a rainbow. As long as each color of that rainbow is independently supportable by their career, mm. you've enforced diversity mm-hmm. without them being able to question qualification. Mm. Because the cool part is, use first initial, last name. Don't use pictures and talk about what they've done. Yeah. You slide that through that, that call, and then if all of a sudden they have an objection over color, that's not your fault. Yeah. That's you actually, right. yeah. Really so good point. Be Pitch your team's capabilities, not who they are, unless they're famous. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then if they sign off on the qualifications, yeah, then introduce your rainbow baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's nothing they can do because <laughs> they've God, already said that. it's a good yeah. business. Yes, and this this is how I think women can start helping, sort of bring their other sisters through. Is that is, is again realize that it, it is at this unfortunate stage, capital is a beauty contest, mm-hmm. but it's based on a set of checklists. Mm-hmm. So. Follow the checklist. Yep. Do it your way. Mm-hmm. Yep. Follow it, but don't necessarily comply with it. Yeah. Amen. You got to know the rules yeah. to break them. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Well, oh my God. Thanks again. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thank and you then so much yes. for the invitation. It's been awesome. So, oh, yes. Well, this has been a great interview. Yeah. And we will send everyone to your website. Lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And we'll put it all in the show notes. And, and we'll Wonderful. let you know about the Women's Leadership Wonderful. Summit. Like Thank ASAP. You very much. Yes. Yeah. And enjoy your guys' time in California. Yeah. You. How we long will. are you in LA for? Uh, we leave tomorrow. Um, she's flying home. The rest of the team sort of departed today. Um, we brought everybody down for the party. Nice. And then uh, my fiance and I are heading up into uh, the desert to see Barbie's 
moonlight uh, party out in the cool. in the Joshua Tree. Oh, oh it's yeah. so freaking beautiful at night out there. Right? Oh, it's one of the ten percent of places you can see the Milky Way with your bare eyes. Oh, uh, yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, and wow. This is, it's so it's dark. A, it's a progressive dinner in the desert. Oh, how cool. And then it's under the full moon, and the Joshua trees are apparently at the end of their bloom. Oh, but they're yeah. still blooming. Sounds awesome. Yeah, we had to do that. And then we're going yeah. to Vegas and lie at a pool for a day or two. Nice. <laughs> Enjoy. Yes. Enjoy. All right. So we just had probably one of my favorite interviews of all time for Cannabis Business Minds with Renee from Hollywood. Renee Gagnon. Yes. Spelled G-A-G-N-O-N. Yes. But wow, what a powerful voice for women and insight of knowledge, expertise, and just passion and just great energy. I told you she was a gangster. She's when such I, a gangster. I've been following her on LinkedIn and she's bringing... Canada standards to California, which that's a task unto itself, but mm-hmm. I mean, she is I just think it's so cool that she has the white male perspective. Yeah. Having been a white male for so long before she you know, went trans. Yeah. You know, and now it's like she's got the woman, she's all women, women everything, and yeah. she's helping everyone for free, giving away dispensary plans. Like, yes. Like, what a pioneer. So, for you, what's your like one key takeaway from this interview that you're like, oh man, I'm going to apply this in my life? I'm going to utilize this. Something that our listeners could also be like, yes. I think it's something that we've already discovered that we've been learning over our consulting career Mm -hmm. is it's we are only as valuable as we treat and hold ourselves to like no one is just because we're women doesn't mean that people are going to take Mm -hmm. care of us like we need to stop assuming that like I don't want to say we need to put our man pants on or whatever Mm -hmm. because women can do this too but I think that is so important is for us to be able to be like, I own the room. Like, I am worth what I say. Like, I'm not here to mess around. Like, you know. 100%. I think for me, my takeaway, there's so many. That would be one of them. And then, gosh, the other one is probably what we were talking about at the very beginning of building a team. Mm. And how when you're starting a company, A, that. If you're a founder of a company, that's your company, right? And if you decide, like for us, like we founded this together, so then anybody else that we bring on, that's like our company. But if you are kind of have this idea, you're building a team. And A, that team is so important. So you need to vet that team. You need to um, nurture that team. But you also have to realize that that's a team to support you. Exactly. Yes. That's the other massively important point as women are caregivers, we're naturally considerate of others. We can't lose sight that we're, it's our company. It's what we're doing. We're bringing people on and we want to support them. But it's a two way street on this one in support, you know, but 100%. support of the mission, which is why you need to have your mission anyways. Yes. So that everyone that joins your team knows exactly what they bring to the table. And before we wrap up, I think the biggest thing is, is like we always say it too, is like, You have, and Renee said it, a product's a product. It's a company that you're building. And it's crazy when we listen and we talk to business owners that haven't done a business plan or hire us to try and do their business plan where we we just stop doing it because we're like, no, we'll give you advice. Well, you can go through our eight-week coaching program and we're going to teach you how to, you know, do your business plan, your mission, your goals, all that stuff. Because honestly, if, you know, just to all those listeners, if you're thinking about starting a business or if you know buddy, know someone that's starting a business or even if you're just like an employee at a business, the moment that you decide to go it out on your own, you really, I mean, I don't even know what the number one thing is. If it's your goals first or your team, that is a TBD. But the point is you need to understand the whole life cycle of building out your business plan. It's not a joke. It's not going to take, you can't even finish it in a week. That's a, like, that's a, honestly, like an eight week to... 12-week process of really working and thinking about it hard. And it goes back to the sharpening the axe. You know, it has forced us 
to really, really think about what we want to do. It's, I mean, look, I am guilty of not planning. I am super guilty of that. And oh my God, everything is so much more difficult. And then we sit there and all we do is strategize, 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 plan. Mm -hmm. Do I want to do this? Is it aligned with our values? That seems to be like the biggest thing we keep coming back to. If it doesn't align with our goals and our values, then boom. Why would we do it? We don't need to waste our time anymore. Nothing is a difficult decision anymore. Yes. Because in the end, does it align? And if it doesn't, then there you go. Because it is easy to get green rush fever. There are so many people with stories, products, ideas. With this energy, it's like contagious. But does it align? with your goals do you have goals like you can't make sure things align without having the goals and for all those people like well no i just i'm hustling and i'm making money yes good for you now stop take a little bit of break and you don't have to do this overnight but really think do you have a mission statement do you have goals do you have objectives do you have realistic goals yes all those things are super important yes and you're life will get a lot easier. Yes. It's not fun. It's not fun doing it. It hurts my brain to really focus on all that stuff. But God, it's like... But you do it once? Yeah. And then that Bible is there? Yes. And then actually I had this like epiphany um, a while ago. Like I haven't even told you. Um, If you do a business plan really well, that turns into your company's operations Bible. That means that, you know, if you really go in and detail out your business plan, then it's going to be so much easier to standardize every process because you've already kind of standardized how it should be in the business plan. So it's crazy. I'm just curious. Like, Obviously, you need to get paid, though, while you're going into this crazy detail. So just to even have a small little baby business plan or something. That you can chip off and, like, tackle, right? Work on. Work on it. Yes. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you all for joining another episode of Cannabis Business Minds. This is your host, Simone and Kristen Yoder from Live Advisors. You can check us out and check out all of our offerings on www.livadvisors, A-D-V-I-S-O-R-S. I think that's too many S's. S-O-R-S? No. <laughs> no. Okay. Dot com. And then we're also with Cannabis Radio, so you can check them out and all the other uh, shows that they have on their platform, which are a lot of great cannabis business and cannabis lifestyle shows. Yes. So thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Cannabis Business Minds. You can download episodes of our program by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and very soon on iHeartRadio. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.